Welcome to Changes in Latitudes, a Transgender Experience. A 40-something trans woman shares her observations, life stories, and the adventures of her journey through transition and beyond. And now, here she is, your host... Sabrina Miller. Hello, hello. Welcome back to another episode. How is everyone? I hope you've had a great week. Let's listen to that band. Warm us up a little bit. Do some dancing. Yeah. Yeah, I love them. Oh, I love them. They get better every week. I swear they do. I swear they do. That was... The amazing dynamic duo, Kim and Jared. And obviously that is specifically made for someone that I personally know. And I hope you two are listening. I really do. I really, really do. Uh, Welcome back to Changes in Latitudes, a transgender experience. I am Sabrina Miller, the hostess and the creator and the producer and the person that does it all. That is moi. Hello. Welcome, welcome. If this is your first episode, welcome aboard this crazy, uh, I don't know, speedboat ride of a stream of consciousness podcast <laughs> through my journey and my brain and observations and just, ah, uh, just me. <laughs> it's what it is. It's me. So welcome aboard. And for returning listeners, hello again. Nice to have you back. You know, I love you. Thanks for tuning back in or downloading back in or streaming back in. I don't know. However you're doing it. Thank you for doing it. I appreciate you. And, of course, long-time listeners know that or binge listeners know that. I, I, I love you guys. You guys are awesome. So, for this episode, what do we got? Well, name of the episode is Fantasy versus Reality. And uh, I kind of teased at it, I think, last time. Uh, it's, it's basically the fantasy and reality of transition. You know, just my thoughts on that. My experience thus far with that. Then, of course, we have a 30-question challenge answered again. We're on number 28. Two left. Mm-hmm. Two left, and then it's over. And then we'll move on to something else. The secondary topic, I'm going to reflect on... Uh, uh, I'm going to reflect on something a little serious this episode. The uh, Harry Benjamin Standards of Care for the Transgendered Person. Well, we get more to that later. And then I'm sure you're wondering, do we have any listener feedback this episode? And I have to tell you why, yes, we do. Before we get to any of those wonderful things this episode, let's talk a little bit about last episode, episode uh, 45. Uh, I, <laughs> I titled it, I'm Not As Think As You Drunk I Am. And if you didn't listen to it, it was all about uh, my dyslexia and dealing with it as I grew up. And uh, it, really, it really made my life tough. But I didn't realize how tough it made my life until now, as I'm older, looking back, going, oh, man. That was no wonder, <laughs> no wonder I didn't care for reading. No wonder I didn't want to be in school anymore because it was tough. It was really hard work. So that's what that episode's all about. Uh, then I used a song at the end of it that I threw in. I, I literally said in my mind before I spoke it to be recorded, I said, hey, maybe I'm going to throw in a song here. And then I said, I'm going to throw in a song here. Did I know what song I was going to throw in? No. That's why there was no, 
nothing about the song at all in the show. So I'm going to tell you about it now. It's called, it was called Enjoy It, if you couldn't figure that out. Uh, it was from Disney's uh, In Search of the Castaways, which was a 1962 film. And the song was uh, performed by Maurice Chevalier, the wonderful legend Maurice Chevalier. If, uh, if you don't know who that is, do yourself a favor. Take a moment. Go to Google. Go to YouTube. Just learn a little about this wonderful, dynamic performer from the first half of last century. Well, first and middle half of last century, really. He was such an icon that the Marx Brothers made reference to him, a huge reference to him, in the 19, I think it was 28, could have been 29 movie Monkey Business. One of their first movies, really. I mean, they did a couple shorts and things like that. But the first full-length movie, which was based on their first full Broadway show, and it was Monkey Business. There's a scene in there... They were trying to leave this, the ship that they were stowed away on, and the way that they thought of trying to escape was by imitating and being Chevalier. So you have, in this one awesome scene, you have the four Marx Brothers, uh, Groucho, Chico, Harpo, and Zeppo, all trying to imitate Maurice Chevalier. And the uh, three that speak, Groucho, Chico, and Zeppo, all sing Marie Chevalier, or, or sing a song, um like Marie Chevalier, but Harpo, since he doesn't speak, he uses a record player of Marie Chevalier singing and lip syncs. It's, it's, it's classic comedy. If you've never seen it, go see it. It, it. Fantastic stuff. So this guy, Marie Chevalier, been around long, long, long time. Uh, so he was in the movie. And the girl that you heard in the, in the song was Haley Mills. And Haley Mills, wow, what a, you know, <laughs> she did a lot for Disney. In fact, I think she still does. And the song was written by the legendary music masters, uh, Richard Sherman and Robert Sherman, more commonly known as the Sherman Brothers. And if you don't know the Sherman Brothers, uh, you do, but you don't, okay? Basically, every song from, oh, I think it was like the 30s, 40s, up through... Really, uh, right before the last, you know, Disney movie of the 70s, there's like Lady and the Tramp and something else. You know, they kind of died out with their movies, and then they came back with Little Mermaid. Well, everything basically before Little Mermaid, uh, Mary Poppins, he wrote most of the they wrote most of the numbers, if not all of the numbers. Um, the Jungle Book they wrote, and not just the songs, but the incidental underscore for a lot of these things. And these guys are incredible, incredible dynamic duo of musicians. And so we lost one of them a few years back. I don't quite remember. Uh, so there's only one of them left. And, uh, yeah, if you don't know them, do a little Google search history because they're, they're fantastic. Anyway, they wrote that song. So that episode and all episodes can be found, well, you got iTunes and Stitcher. And iTunes, I know, may not show all the past episodes, but once you subscribe to it and then go into your podcast feed and look at the feed for Changes in Latitude, you'll see all episodes right there for it. Uh, Stitcher has them all laid out for you, too. And you can find them also on Changes in Latitude's podcast at blogspot.com. That's where I house everything. We've got an Amazon affiliate link. If you could click on that and do your Amazon shopping that way, that would greatly help the show. Uh, we have a PayPal donate button if you're so inclined. Uh, we also have a Patreon page, changes in, or patreon.com slash changes in latitudes podcast. I'm working on getting a link on the homepage. Of course, like I said, we're on iTunes and Stitcher. And if you use either of those, 
help out the show just a little bit and uh, take, I don't know, a couple minutes, literally a couple minutes to pull up our page on iTunes, let's say. Give us a, you know, hopefully you're going to give us a five-star rating. Uh, That's what I'm hoping for. And then a little bit of a review, whatever it takes, whatever it is. Hey, I love the show. She's awesome. <laughs> well, something like that. Whatever. Use your own words. And if you're on Stitcher, there's a little button for a thumbs up on every episode. Give us a thumbs up. And if you could share the show through Stitcher, because Stitcher seems to want to, sh- to have every sort of social media link that they can. Facebook, Twitter, uh, pin it. Uh, there was another one, too, and I just lost it in my mind. But that's what, that's what a Stitcher seems to want to use. And if you're logged in through Facebook on your Stitcher app, you can actually leave a Facebook comment. So that's pretty cool for Stitcher. Uh, we're also over on Facebook, facebook.com slash Changes in Latitudes podcast. Uh, the email, if you want, is Changes in Latitudes podcast at gmail.com. And you can follow me on Twitter at Sabrina Miller 41 I don't have one for the show, and that's because I just don't use Twitter all that often. And I think we're just about ready to roll into the next segment. Main topic, fantasy versus reality. Um, this, is, uh, this is something that I think most trans people do or have done and maybe won't admit to anyone but themselves and maybe a therapist or maybe a very close person to them, whether it be a friend or a family member or a, uh, we'll just say a, a lover, not, maybe not necessarily, you know, loving going on, you know, physical loving, but that closeness. And I wanted to bring this up because I remember thinking about this when I started putting the show together, you know, put it, laying out what episodes I wanted to talk about when. And this, this was one of the first ones I wanted to talk about. But I realized I didn't want it in the early episodes, mostly because I didn't want to get the idea out there that that's what I was thinking. I wanted you to get a little bit more time to know me and listen to more shows. And, and then now I'll share it. <laughs> uh, but... It's, it's just the way things are working out. And this is the fantasy versus reality thing is, uh, it seems like a, a, a dual struggle that is very common, very common amongst, um, trans people and at least the trans people that I've spoken to or, or have met, you know, not necessarily met, but, you know, talked to through the internet and that's another reason why I wanted to talk about it, because it just seems that a lot of things get really, really thrown out of whack when you're daydreaming, you know, really invades your, your concept of reality. For me personally, the fantasies, the thoughts of, of, of regarding transition, even though I didn't know what it was called, those started really early on, like right before puberty or just at puberty for me. Uh, so what, 9, 10, 11, 12, maybe right in there? I, I don't know. Um, so that, that part of life. And I remember thinking that, you know, some, oh, I mean, the typical dream was to go to sleep and wake up female, you know, sort of a magical you know, fairy godmother sort of thing, you know, like how she changed Pinocchio into a real boy, <laughs> that sort of thing. And, and, you know, as you grow up, you realize, well, that's not going to happen because there is no such thing as a fairly godmother in that sense. <laughs> so, but uh, 
uh, other things. Oh, Abducted by Aliens was one that I thought of. Yeah, and that's probably because there was a big hype on it in the uh, late 80s. No, uh, early 90s. There was a big alien thing. Fox, Fox Television pushed out this whole, you know, alien autopsy thing, and a whole bunch of shows were based on it. So it was in the pop culture at the time. So that's probably where that dream came from. Um, sometimes the, the current girlfriend. This is another fantasy. You know, sometimes the current girl that I was seeing or the current girlfriend I was with would. Uh, I, I don't want to necessarily say force. The, uh, the, the force me to do this change, but she, she, the, the, in my mind, in the fantasy, she would, she would highly encourage it. And just by a lot of the, uh, fiction or the, the fantasy fiction stories that I've read out there, uh, a lot of other things that people have talked about and, and I've read online, that seems to be one of the big common ones. And really it it just seems like it's more of a fetish than anything than anything that could happen in real life because nobody really wants to change somebody else to suit their needs i mean there's some people out there yeah i'm going to change you so i'm happy and okay you know if those people find you find each other great great good luck to you but in reality, no, that's not, that's not really going to happen that way. Um, unless the person that wants to transition is the one that's initiating it and leading the way. Uh, let's see, what other ones are there? Oh, 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 oh. Um, I, I was, I don't want to say kidnapped, but, you know, essentially kidnapped and then, you know, forced, <laughs> tortured to change and become, you know, a woman, we'll say. Oh, uh, what other ones are there? Um... I mean, it's endless. You know, there's so many different variations on, on a theme. It's endless. But no matter what, these are just fantasies. Because only on the off chance that you meet somebody where they're, where they're like, yeah, yeah, I will encourage you to change your gender and all that. And I'm not saying they're not out there. There are, there are people, there are couples that do that. I've, I've read stories. I've seen internet things. The thing that I have a question about them is how long did their relationship last as that was happening after that happened. Because whatever it is, a blog or a, a YouTube channel or whatever, seems to die out after a while. So I always kind of wonder what happened to that you know, relationship. Uh, so since there is no you know, current information, it kind of proves that maybe it's not what it is. You know, it's not going to work out. And, and that's because it, it is a fantasy. You need to want it to happen you need to do it yourself you can't have anybody else do it for you now if you're doing it yourself with the uh, we'll say assistance of you know girlfriend wife close person whatever it is and they're encouraging and they're the ones that are that are um you know helping you etc etc well then yes you're in it together and yeah in a certain way the the partner the the woman is forcing quote unquote the person to change but they're doing it under their own self and and the girlfriend person the wife person is really just there to encourage they're not forcing so it may seem that way it may feel that way but they've already had the the dialogue laying out what they're going to do you know the the trans person says i'm going to do this and this is and i would love to have you with me to do it 
And so they play in it together. Um, but like I said, any of those stories that I've read or YouTube channels and all that, there's never any current information. There's never a uh, resolve. It just ends. <laughs> Done. No more information. And if you do a search, you can't find anything. Google search, that is. So it always makes me wonder, where did those end up? Uh, another reason I think people have the fantasies is because it's, it's an escape. It's uh, a way out of their current reality. And with some, with some people, I think there's always a, a skewed view of transition, you know? It's kind of like the grass is always greener on the other side. And when you get to the other side and you look back and you realize, wow, the grass isn't really greener. It, it, it really isn't. <laughs> In fact, parts are really splotchy and brown. Um, so, but that's, that's just the way things go. And, and I think that with fantasies, it, it's the loss of control that's a common thread. And that's one, that's not healthy. And two, I don't know anybody that really wants to forcibly change somebody. I, I, I mean, I'm not saying it's not out there, but I, I, I've never really seen proof of it, I guess, is what I'm trying to say. And again, ultimately, you're the one that controls your future. You're the one that controls your life and what you do and what changes you make and what uh, choices you choose. You know, it's your drive, your ambition. It's nothing but your dream. And so you have to be the one pushing through to get it done. Um, for me, my fantasies are always had a little bit of magic in them. You know, it was just the property of it. it like, like, like the fairy godfather in Pinocchio. You know, it was that sort of thing. Um, and I knew that that was a fantasy because that's not going to happen. Um, so <laughs> as I moved on and grew up, I realized I need to find a woman that I could share this with. And I dated a few, and I came out up front. I'm a cross-dresser and everything else, and just see how into it or into helping me they were. And then test the waters and see, you know, hey, would you be interested in doing this with me as well and part of me on this journey? And in, in the last couple of relationships before my wife, um, I just kind of let it, I don't want to say die out, but I, I didn't let the... Uh, the the dream live we'll say you know the desire to move to move forward i didn't let that uh happen and then all amongst all the other things that happen in in life you know with relationships and things you know we take out trans take out any lgbt and you got relationships okay it, it, you know everything's you got to work at relationships all relationships have their issues and their problems and their struggles and their successes and all this and all that so there was that on top of the whole trans transition thing. Uh, so as I attempted to try to find you know, a woman to share this with, I realized I'm not going to get anybody to, to make me do this. I'm going to have to do this on my own. And that, that thought really happened in the relationship prior to my wife. And again, because of circumstances with that particular relationship, I shut down. I, uh, I shut down so much that I protected the little girl inside me. And just uh, pulled away from society after after that one uh, girlfriend left, and uh, well, kind of pulled away from society before she left, but really after she left, and and then did tried to do some self evaluation, but there was so much going on in my life 
and then my wife and I got together and we our our paths we had crossed paths before that but our paths crossed and we saw a little romantic spark uh, happen between us and so that was started happening and in that time that I grew and built the relationship with my wife I still kept hiding the little girl and it, as I've explained in so many episodes in the past that it just came to a point where I was like, you know what? I need to do this. And so I'm going to do this. And I tell, told her, and this is my thoughts, my process, my journey, and just been taking steps towards that every day since, you know, I mean, that's part of it, trying to find that balance that I keep talking about in this entire show in po- podcast series, we'll call it. So, um, so once I realized that I was the one in control and that I was the one that needed to, to do it, that's when I came out to the, to the woman to, previous to my current wife and said, I, I want to transition. I want to do this. Unfortunately, back in, that was around 2003, 2004, the resources weren't there. It's still in San Diego, so it's not like I changed cities or anything, but the resources just weren't there. The information just wasn't there. And at least on the internet, and because it was such a, I don't want to say taboo, but it was, uh, you know, being trans holds so much uh, angst behind it because, you, you know, you're ashamed, especially going, you know, male to female, the trans woman. Uh, there's, you know, you're, you're admitting that you're not the big macho guy that you've been brought up to be. And so in certain people's eyes and, and part of your own, you feel less than you feel weaker you feel humiliated embarrassed almost on on some cases and and so it's not something you're really going to share i mean you're not really going to want to call up the lgbt center even though the t is there and say um yeah i'm feeling this at least back in 2003 2004 now if that's the first thing i'm going to tell you (laughs) if you've got something questions or whatever Contact your local LGBT center, and even if that local center is hundreds of miles away, contact them through email, through phone call, through carrier pigeon, <laughs> message in a bottle if that's the way it works, just talk, contact them. So I guess, I don't know, wrapping this up, um, fantasies are a great way to allow the brain to, 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 to feel free of any constraints, whether it's society or family or self-induced or whatever, but it's a break from everyday life. It's not, it's not where you're going to live. You know, you're taking a break. You're at work, you work however many hours, you take a break (laughs) and then you go back to work and then you take another break. Um, with, with, with the home life, you know, you come home, you deal with the home life, whatever that is for you, whether it's just, just you and maybe a pet or you and a uh, a significant other or you a significant other and extended family or children involved. I mean, there's just so many different ways for, you know, a family to, to be there, but it's a break. That's what that daydreaming fantasy is. It's a break. Uh, for me, I used to think about it as I was falling asleep. That was one of the things that uh, I did. In fact, one night, as I was falling asleep, I went, you know, I've been thinking about this for 30 years. i got to do something about it. And that's where it kind of all started. But I'm pretty sure I mentioned that in a long time episodes of the past. So you're not going to live in fantasy land. Well, that's not true. Unless you live at Disneyland, you're not going to live at Fantasyland. It's the only place you're going to live in Fantasyland is at Disneyland. 
or one of the other Disney parks that has Fantasyland. Uh, because everything's real. You've got you got bills to pay. You've got uh, stuff to do, whatever it is, to make money. You've you know, you've got shopping because you need food, <laughs> clothes, whatever. If you have a vehicle, you get your vehicle serviced. It's just there's stuff that needs to get done. Life is reality. Uh, and we can't take a break from it. You know, uh, it's just we can't. I mean, we can for a moment, but it's still going to be there. You got to come back to it. And if you don't, then that's when some other serious issues probably creep into play. You know, and that's where you really should probably look into therapy or something and to, to help differentiate between reality and fantasy. But if that's the case, if you're trans on top of that, I, I, I feel for your struggle. That's a tough struggle. There's a lot of stuff going on, and it's a tough struggle. So as long as you keep your fantasies at, at bay, you know, keep them under wraps and keep them in that fantasy land area and know that, yeah, yeah, there's part of it could be possible, but really possible? No. There's not going to be a fairy godmother going to come down and, you know, boom, 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 and you wake up the preferred gender. You know, there's not going to be a special pill that you take and you wake up your preferred gender. Uh, you know, you're not going to be kidnapped and then wake up your preferred gender. It's just that, unfortunately, that doesn't happen. Movies, that's movies. Um, and the thing I, th- I think is to try to find, <laughs> again, balance. Try to find balance between whatever fantasy thing is going on in your head and reality. And that can be anything for anybody. I mean, I don't remember how long ago I spoke about it, but you've got your, you know, your, your I don't want to say closet cross-dressers because they might be open about it, but they keep it at home. You know, nobody knows or just a select few know. And they never go out. I mean, they may go to a hotel, but their dressed aspect of it, when they do cross-dress, they never see anybody. I mean, that's one aspect of it. Then you got people that do cross-dress and go out and have fun and just, you know, go to parties and go to, to bars and clubs and things like that, have a grand old time. And then they come home, take off the clothes, and ta-da, that's who they are. And then you have the transvestite, at least that's the definition I put onto it, where you've got uh, essentially a weekender. Monday through Friday, they work as a guy. And then, you know, Friday, 5 o'clock until Monday, 9 a.m., they're a girl. And that's how they are. Ta-da! They may even live with a man, live with a man you know, be with a man in, in the sense of a marriage or whatever. And in their private life, excuse me, in their, yes, private life, the one of them is living as a woman. No hormones, no, you know, big transition. Just that's how that individual lives. Like Nathan Lane in The Birdcage. Uh, and then you've got the transsexual, as I define it, the person that goes all the way who, you know, 20 or so years ago, their goal would be to become stealth and blend in like nothing ever happened. Well, there's so much that is out there that is new and different than those basic definitions. I mean, there are if if those definitions were, what, four or five shades of gray, there are now literally hundreds of shades of gray in between everything. So don't give up your fantasies. Just put your fantasies back into a reality-based mindset because I think that's going to be all the better in the end. And that's really what it's all about is finding balance for you. And there is no right or wrong answer. And don't let anybody tell you that there is. Because I know some people will, will well, you're not really trans. You know, you're not really whatever. Because of, and insert whatever it is. Well, you know what? 
screw you, yes, I am. And you can back that up with the fact that the transgender, the word, is an umbrella term to encapsulate anyone that bends or blends the gender binary, period. So, if you're bending the gender binary, you're trans. Even if it's just liking to wear women's clothes like Nathan Lane and be a gay man. Or, maybe you like to wear women's clothes and you're married to a woman. I mean, a, a man wearing women's clothes. A, a designated male at birth is wearing women's clothes and married to a woman. If that's your balance... God bless you, you found it. And that's, I, that's, I think that's the biggest thing I want to say in my entire show, is find the balance that works for you. All right, ladies and gentlemen, you are about to listen to the very first advertising spot that Changes in Latitudes has ever received. When you need a professional who specializes in writing, photography, or web design, contact Tom Slayton. At Tom's website, TomSlayton.com, you'll find brilliant WordPress themes, discounts and links for fantastic online services, and sage wisdom from the master himself, Tom Slayton. TomSlayton.com even features a wonderful eclectic collection of photographs seldom seen elsewhere. Visit TomSlayton.com. That's T-O-M-S-L-A-T-I-N.com. Yes, Tom Slayton. Tom Slayton. Uh, he is a longtime listener. And if you remember back, uh, episode, what was that, 40, 41, 39, 40, where we had Addison? Uh, it, it, Tom went to high school with Addison. That's how, that's how we all, I don't want to say how we all met, but that's, that's how we got connected. I mean, started with Twitter, but that's how I was connected with Addison. So Tom, thank you so much for connecting me with Addison. And I have to say, thank you, Becky, for getting me in touch with Tom, because that's just the way things worked. Anyway, Tom is, ends up being such a fantastic guy. He does this web design, as you heard in the commercial. He's there to help out with people. If you're a writer and you have a little bit of writer's block, he's there to give you a, a, an idea. If you're just looking to get a, a, a brain fart, right? I need to take a break. I need a brain fart. i got to let my brain go. Pull up his site. Look at some of the photos he's got. There, some are very, very artistic and just incredible to look at and see the, the composure. And some are just simple, funny things. Some are kind of creepy, I'll admit. But he's got that range of, of photos there to look at. So even if you're not looking for any sort of web design or whatever, check out TomSlayton.com just because there's a lot of great stuff there. So again, Tom, thanks so much for allowing me to play your commercial on my show and for being a listener. Transgender 30 Question Challenge. Question 28. Getting down to the line. Two left. What is something you have to do every day or else you feel like your whole day is off if you don't do it? Well, the short answer is... Um, drink tea. I need, I need caffeine. In the very beginning of the day, I need at least one, preferably two cups of tea. And I'll be honest, when I say a cup, I'm talking a 16-ounce cup, not, a, not an 8-ounce standard size cup. It's just the size mug that I have. 
So I usually drink one or two of those in the morning, and then throughout the day I'll drink maybe one or two, depends on what I got going on and how much I slept the night before and all that stuff. But I, that's, that's, that's definitely something that I need to be able to function and have a day, or else I just feel off the entire day. Now, I said that because this is the transgender 30-question challenge. And that answer had nothing to do with being trans. So let's reevaluate this question and be more specific to the trans community. Uh, what is something you must do every day to help keep dysphoria at bay? Um, for me, shaving uh, and having some sort of makeup, whether it's just a little bit of eyebrow pencil, so my eyebrows pop a little bit, some mascara, an occasional bit of eyeliner, even if it's just in the corners, something simple like that to help me when I look in the mirror, get my eyes to pop and make me feel happy and feminine. Uh, and so it's something like that, that I really need. I don't say really need, but that's something that I need pretty, pretty much every day. And I don't mean the whole shebang of, you know, uh, concealer and powder and base. And, and now, get, don't get me wrong, in, the, in my history, in my past, yeah, I wouldn't even go shopping without a full, you know, face on. And <laughs> look like a, almost like I'm going out on a Saturday night, even though it would be Tuesday morning. Yeah, it took me a little bit of time to get used to that and, and readjust my, my thing. But now, just a little bit of, of makeup here and there, everyday practice. Um, if I'm going out with friends or my wife, depending on where we go, I may not do anything. Maybe some lips, maybe some mascara, maybe nothing. It just really depends on what we're doing. I mean, that's just in general. That's just my stuff in general. So a little bit of makeup and shaving is what keeps the dysphoria at bay for me. Secondary topic, secondary topic. Uh, as I said earlier in the show... This is kind of a heavy uh, secondary topic. I know if you're a long-time listener or binge listener, you know that secondary topic, I try to be a little more lighthearted than, uh, than usual because usually the main topic is something pretty serious, something pretty heavy. Well, we kind of got a flip-flop on this episode, fantasy versus reality. I mean, it's serious stuff. You want to be based in reality and not living in fantasy land. But uh, that's not as heavy as what this section is. This is, as I said... Uh, I want to talk about the, well, people call it the Benjamin Standards, but what it is, it's the Harry Benjamin Standards of Transgender Care. And it's gone through different titles, so if you've heard it somewhere else, uh, I'm not saying it's wrong, I'm not saying I'm the only way that's right or whatever it is. Most common, everybody says, oh, the Benjamin Standards. And they're referring to the Harry Benjamin Standards. And uh, really, I want to throw out there the basic thought of, is it important or not, because it's changed since it started. I, I wanted to, when I put the show together, I said, you know, I, I got to talk about the Benjamin Standards at some point, and now seemed as good a time as any. And if you're not really aware of the Benjamin, what they are, the, the Harry Benjamin Standards of Care, it's uh, well, really do yourself due diligence so you can learn. And a simple Google search will do that. There's lots of stuff that's out there. Uh, I don't even want to give a specific link because there are so many that are good, at least the, the half a dozen or so that I clicked through and went, okay, yeah, all right, this is good, this is good. And if you're trans, you definitely need to go and Google it so you know because that's part of our history 
it, and and if you don't know about it, you owe your, you owe it to yourself. You owe it to your fellow trans people. You owe it to the trans community to know what that is, because I guarantee you wouldn't be here without that. Even it even if it doesn't even affect you now. Uh, as I mentioned just a brief moment ago, these practices are no longer the case. They're not the, you know, live all, be all in transgender care. And that's because we've had so many changes here in the last, I think it's about five years now, give or take a couple years, where it's uh, not as strict. Okay? Um, basically, let's uh, to give it to you the easiest way of what the Benjamin Standards were is... Uh, somebody says, hey, I'm trans and I want to transition. I'm going to transition. Uh, The first thing you go to is a therapist. And you go to a therapist for a while, long while, like a year. And, you know, every time you go in, yes, I want to transition. Yes, transition. Yes, transition. And, of course, answer questions. Talk about whatever that is. You know, everybody's journey is a little different. And then, usually, a year or two, a few years into that therapy is when... You're going to make that change in life and start living full-time. And it's not just living full-time. It's living full-time without the benefit of HRT, without the benefit of any uh, feminization surgeries, we'll call it, just to surmise it. And in that, I want to say facial, breast augmentation, confirmation surgery. Uh, I mean, that's pretty much it, but there are other things um so you, you you back in the day and still today you need to have you know a therapist's or a doctor's recommendation well back then you definitely needed it because that's the way things were handled and so you would you would come out to just like we do now you'd come out to yourself which is what would get you to therapy and then you would come out to your family and your friends and then you would come out to people at work and and the rest of your life and this is back in the day you know where a lot of transgender people where they didn't have the benefit of the internet where they could put a little you know podcast together and say go listen or a video together and say go watch right this is where you write letters this is where you make phone calls this is where you say hey let's go meet at this you know location restaurant person's home i've got news to share right you know i mean that's why you, you, if you if you really go back and and look or, and read different transgender people's journey a lot of them uh, have the common thread of so this thanksgiving i came out to everybody or this christmas i came out to everybody or i came out to everybody at bob and sue's anniversary or something like that because the family is already gathered together because of that and so they take the opportunity for that so think of that if if you're if you're on the younger side you know in the sense of your transition and, and you're wanting to, to transition, think about that. The, the awkwardness of those family holidays, the awkwardness of family gatherings, whatever they may be. And then this individual that's usually not specifically d- related to that moment in time steps up, takes the pedestal, takes the, uh, not the pedestal, <laughs> the podium, proverbial podium, or the soapbox, or whatever it is, and announces to everybody there, I am trans, and I'm going to transition, starting on whatever it is, you know? So, they do all of that, and then they start living full-time. And they have to live full-time for a year. No HRT to make 
dysphoria easier or start to give you the benefits, the, the body changes benefits of HRT. Uh, and like I said a minute ago, no surgeries. The only thing you could really do is hair removal. And that's something that every trans person should be doing anyway because it's such a long and involved process. And uh, only recently has laser hair removal come into uh, popularity because back in the day you only had electrolysis. One hair follicle at a time and it takes forever. And so, you know, you figure an hour they're going to work on about an inch if or less of your face. So wasn't as easy in, in living full time then as it is now. And so you, you live that full year as, as, you know, as the preferred gender that you are, and then you're able to start HRT. I, I've mentioned this before, but if you don't know, the, the, the rule of thumb for HRT is the benefits of it don't really, you know, plateau until year two to year five. So in the first two years, you're going through all those puberty changes that we all go through in that wonderful time of our life in the early teens. Well, you're doing that all over again. And that's usually a two-year process, and it affects everybody differently. But that's, this, this is all rule of thumb stuff. If your scenario is different, then you're different. But what's written out there in literature is they say the best benefits of HRT you're going to expect between two, year two and year five. After year five, not much else is going to happen. Not saying it won't to some people. It's just rule of thumb. So you've already been out and about for a year. Then you start HRT. So you've got a year or two before you can do anything else, such as breast augmentation. So you no longer have to wear any sort of uh, padding or something. Uh, what else? Any sort of, any sort of uh, surgery downstairs, whatever that surgery may be, whether it's a oreectomy or orchiectomy or any facial feminization surgery. Well, that's, that's slightly different, but you've got to live for two more years. So now you're at year three of being full-time, and you're at the two-year mark of your hormones, which by that point is usually the time, at least back in the day with the Benjamin Standards, when you could start pursuing gender confirmation surgery. Now, when I say back in the day, I mean the 60s, you know, Christine Jorgensen, that, those times, right? Now... Or, or, you know, in the 70s and 80s when the Benjamin Standards are still around, it may not have taken as long, but you still had to live that first year with nothing to help. Except, like I said, some hair removal. So, you're, if you're trans, you're going to know pretty much what, I've, what I'm talking about, especially if, you've, you know, in, if you're in that first couple year part of your journey. But... To get everybody on the same page, let's just think about it for a moment. You're already feeling wrong about yourself, so you've decided that you're trans and you're going to transition. So you go to your therapist, and you go to the therapy for six months or a year, or whatever it is. And then you start living full-time, and you live full-time for a year. And then you start your HRT. And maybe around that time is when you can start getting some you know, facial feminization surgery, maybe breast augmentation, even though... I know uh, certain uh, doctors don't want to have anything to do with a trans woman until she's reached that, you know, third year on HRT, only because of the tissue that has now been uh, built up or grown <laughs> in that area. So, so you're, you're going through all this angst of, do I fit in? Do I pass? Do I feel right? Without 
any help. So by the end of that year, when you're ready to start HRT, you've got it down. You know for a fact that this is what you want. And usually in that year, others will say, you know, this is not what I want. And it still happens today. There's a few people I've crossed paths with uh, through the Internet that I've known them. You know, they just came out. They're starting to live full time. They've been doing it two, three, four, five months. And six months after I meet them or so, they, they send out a you know public Facebook thing saying, you know, I've reevaluated myself and transition is not for me. Cool. Power to you. You figured yourself out. You have found that balance for you. Fantastic. Not going to knock them down for realizing that their balance isn't full transition. You probably end up doing, you know, like I've mentioned, the weekender thing, you know, or the once in a while thing, or whatever the case may be, whatever the balance is. So you're, you're going through uh, in that first year trying to figure yourself out even more, and you go from there. And it's a stressful time because you're dealing with your dysphoria about fitting in and looking in the mirror and knowing that no changes are going to happen unless you do it by makeup or a wig or whatever. And trans people, like I said, you know what I'm talking about. Cis people, hang in there. Imagine, um, I'm trying to think of something that everybody can latch on to. Um, well, okay, this is not exact, but it's kind of in the same realm. And I, and I hope you kind of understand it. For cis people... You're wanting to change your hairstyle, okay? So you go to your barber or stylist or whatever you call them, and you say, hey, I want to try this such and such. And the barber gives you out a wig that looks just like the haircut you want. And you've got to wear that wig for a year. Yes, you have to put your regular hair up underneath it, and then you put that wig on top of it for a year. And then you go back to the barber and you say, yeah, you know, I really like this hairstyle. I'd like to, I'd like to do it. And then the barber says, okay, fine, here you go. And you got your new hair. Now, I know that's not the same, but I'm trying to get everybody to latch on to the ridiculousness of it. Somebody's being a gatekeeper, holding you back from your dream, from your desire, from your want, your need. Somebody else is controlling your life. You could almost think of it as a form of slavery. Not that it is, because some people will say their jobs are slavery. And in a way, they kind of are. It depends on the job you have, but I don't want to digress too much. So, you know, it's not necessarily the same thing, the haircut, you know, uh, comparison. But it's close enough, because you understand the fact that somebody else is telling you what you can or cannot do. And then giving you a Band-Aid on top of it. Here, wear this wig for a length of time. You know, a year is a little much, but in the transgender sense, no, it's not. A year living as your preferred gender, no. A haircut, well, maybe a month, two months. You know, here, wear this wig for two months and see if that's the style you want. Now, don't get me wrong. I know people that do that. I've, I've, I've heard of people that do that. They, they buy the wig from wherever and they wear the wig for a while and say, yes, this is the crazy kind of hairstyle I want. And then they go and get it done. If their money allows, you know, sometimes wigs are what they use. I'm digressing. So sorry about the tangent. So let's just, let's just go back to the Benjamin Standard. So you've proved that you, for a year, that you want this thing, this desire to live as your preferred gender. And you've done everything. You've come out at work. You're interacting with people. You go to the local store. Everybody knows you as your preferred gender and your preferred name, and everybody's having a grand old time. Now, in that year, you might discover stuff about yourself. 
that you may not want to have full face makeup on every day at work. You may not want, you, you, at the end of the day, you're pretty damn proud and glad to take a bra off, whether the forms are in the bra or not. I've reached that point when I've had to be out and about all day for whatever it is, whether it's fun and, and joy and laughter and such with my family, or if I'm just, you know, out and about and I'm running errands all day long. By the time I, I'm done and I get home, uh, the bra is coming off. Well, in my case, the forms come off too, but okay, fine. It, I, that's something I deal with. Um, what, oh, <laughs> some, some, <laughs> some trans women go ultra femme. And so, you know, the makeup, as I mentioned, and heels and dresses and all of that. And then in that year, you realize that heels are not that practical to go to the sh- store shopping in. And I'm not talking about culturally. There are certain cultures where the women wear heels. Uh, being that I live in San Diego, the large Hispanic population here, I don't know why, but I see it all the time. Going to the grocery store in six-inch heels and makeup for a Saturday night. And it's only, you know, Wednesday afternoon. Hey, it's a cultural thing, and I get that. Do I think about it in the right way? No, I don't think you should do that. Heels are never good for your feet. They make your legs look fabulous and the butt just perfect. I get it. I like wearing them just for that, too. But I am not going to go walk around the mall. I'm not going to walk around Disneyland. I'm not, I'm not, I'm, I'm just not. I'm, I'm not going to wear heels when the place is not going to be suitable for it. Uh, oh, in that year, you realize that there are a ton of extra expenses going from male to female, I mean. Uh, you know, you've got your, uh, whatever it is, moisturizer, uh, Shaving cream and extra razor blades because you're shaving your entire body on a very, very regular basis. Yeah, that get the, the time spent in just re- removing the hair can get very tiresome after a while. I, you know, there are times when I don't want to spend, oh, I don't know, the, the extra 10 or 15 minutes it takes to shave what I, I really like to have shaved. Legs, arms, etc. specifically. Uh, I mean, 10 minutes might be a little, you know, skewed there, but you know, five to 10 minutes, we'll say it depends on how fast I move and, 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 uh, you know, all, a bunch of different factors, but you may realize you get tired of doing that. And then you got like, like your moisturizing soap and, and different hair products. So you, so your hair does whatever things. And that, that's something that everybody needs if they have longer hair. So if you're just a guy that likes long hair and are having long hair, you're going to have those products unless you don't do anything to your hair except pull it back into a ponytail and do nothing with it. <laughs> You're going to have to have those products that gives it body and uh, life and, and all of that or else it's just going to look like a drab head of hair. You know, and most women don't want that, at least on a semi-regular basis. And so that's a lot, a lot of work to do, especially if you have no benefit of medical transition, meaning HRT, because HRD does affect hair growth. And, and, and hair uh, softness and things like that. So if you don't have that, you're essentially a guy shaving your body. I mean, you're not. We all know you're not because you're not a guy. You're a trans woman, but you're dealing with a male body because that's how it was born. So um, you may not be able to deal with uh, face-to-face interaction uh, once you're presenting as your preferred gender. Only because you're afraid of not passing or, or whatever your definition of that is. Or maybe you're not comfortable with your voice. Maybe you're not comfortable with your voice when you go out 
to uh, to dinner or or, or a wherever a store, you know. And so you choose to not say anything, even if you're missing something and you can't find it. And three people come up to you and say, "Ma'am, do you need any help?" And you shake your head no because you don't have the courage to say the words, "Yes, I'm looking for." I get that. I've been there myself. And I reached a point where I was like, you know what? I'm not going to just, you know, not say anything. I'm going to say something. So I started to, and that's when I got more confident in my voice. And not, not just to say, not my necessarily my feminine voice, just my voice in general in using it. And you listen to the podcast long enough, you, you, you'll hear my voice. And I, and I go up and I go up all the way up here and I talk like that and it kind of sounds falsetto and almost fake. And then I bring it down here because my voice gets tired or I get tired or whatever the case may be. And I'm a baritone. This is where my voice rests naturally. So that's the fluctuation of my voice. Now, when I'm out, yeah, I bring it up a little bit. I make it a little softer and... Uh, and, and there's so many different things. It's, it's, I've been doing it for so long now that it's, all, it's kind of second nature and natural. Uh, but when I'm sitting here talking with you guys, I'm just free as a bird. So that's why my voice goes all over the place. I know, I know. Tangent. Tangent that was. Uh, so let's go back to the whole first year thing. Um, since there is no HRT and your body's not changing, there's a good chance you may come across people that just see you as a guy in a dress or guy in drag. And uh, that's not cool. That's just that 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 does a number on your head. And then and then for the people for the trans women especially that unless they have some major drastic surgeries and major drastic uh, vocal coaching. I mean, so much vocal coaching that the only speaking they do is during vocal coaching because the rest of the time their voice is resting. And they still have a hard time passing because they've been dealt with a male body their entire life and they don't know how, how else to use their body. They don't have, you know, training in voice usage like myself because of my theater or a singer understands how to use their voice or anybody that's done, you know, radio broadcasting has, has an understanding about that as well. Phil Hendry, if you've never heard Phil Hendry, Check him out. He's got a podcast. He's got a radio show. Uh, now, his his type of show, I'll admit, is not always my cup of tea, but his talent is the reason I listen. All I'm going to say is every single voice you hear on that show is him. Enough said. Uh, so so there is a, there's a chance that these people are never going to pass, sadly. They just, what, they're always going to look a little off, whatever that little off means, whether it's a strong jaw or a strong brow bone or large hands or no hips uh, or smaller chest, because usually once you've reached a certain age, you're not going to get the full benefits of HRT. You know, you're not going to be able to. It's just the nature of the beast with the body and and all of it. So... You know, that's just part of life. And for those, those people that do have that hard time passing, where no matter what they do, everybody misgenders them. My hat is off because that has got to be the hardest thing that every time you go out and interact, no matter how well you do your makeup, no matter how nice your clothes are, no matter, no matter what, and you still get surd or... I mean, there's so many different things out there. And I'll tell you, it can beat you down. 
it can really beat you down. So to those people that, for whatever reason, they can't afford facial feminization surgery or breast augmentation or anything regarding their voice, or, or if, if this gentleman is, is balding, that person's going to have to use a wig. No question about it. It's just the way it is. Because the hormones are not going to make your hair grow. Uh, they can, again, if you're in that earlier window of the most benefits of HRT. Uh, so, so for those individuals that have just the hardest time, quote unquote, passing because of society's restr- uh, constraints and their, their need to have a, a binary sort of uh, world, it's just so hard for them to fit in. And my hat's off because that takes every day getting that, you know, every day you walk outside your house and somebody walks up and punches you in the gut. Gee, thank you. Good morning. Yeah. After a while, you get tired about going outside. Or maybe you try to find another exit from your house, and they're still there, punching you in the stomach. Yeah, you could get tired of that real fast. Well, try to push them back if you can in the nicest way possible is what I have to say. Anyway, I'm sorry. I went off on a crazy, crazy, crazy tangent. Uh, Anyway, my hat's off to those people because they are very strong. So... You know, there's those, there's those people. That, that's just how they are. Now, for me, I personally have not started HRT, and that's, that's due to some personal reasons um, and medical reasons, too. Um, first, I, I needed to quit smoking. I needed to quit smoking and let the nicotine get out of my body before I can start HRT. And that's because estrogen and nicotine do not mix. That's how blood clots are formed, and it's really dangerous the older that you get. Um, Back in the day, when I was uh, in my 20s, late teens and 20s, I I was with a couple different girls, not at the same time. But because we wanted to progress our relationship, we, we together looked into getting on the pill. Not that we would both take it. I <laughs> don't think that. But I would go together with her and support her in her choice to want to do this. And I remember being there. And this was for oh, three different girlfriends, if I remember correctly. The doctor asking, do you smoke? Okay, I need to make sure I get you this lower dose pill because of blood clots and everything else. Now, that was in the 80s, 80s, 90s. And they were asking women who are going to be taking extra hormones, usually uh, estrogen, to offset the, or not estrogen, progesterogen, to offset their cycle so they don't ovulate. <laughs> That's how the pill works if you're not aware of it. And they're concerned about smoking then. I mean, not because of the crappy stuff that, is, that goes along with smoking, you know, the, the lung disease and all that. No, 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 not that. Just blood clots. And that's, these women were all in their 20s. I think the youngest was 18, 18 and a half, 19. Of course, I was right around the same age anyway, so it's not like I was a lecher or something. <laughs> but uh, you get my point. So, so that was then. Now, the, an older person, they're making sure that they're not going to happen, that that's not going to happen. So had to quit smoking before that. And it has been a rough roller coaster ride, folks. It really has. Um, I'm proud to say that uh, I I have knocked it this last time. As of this recording, I'm sitting here at the one-week mark of not smoking. So it's only been a week as of this recording, not the publishing date, but as of the recording, one week. And uh, when I progress a little further along, I'm going to share 
share that as well, but I'll tease you with it now. Uh, also, also, my wife and I, on and off, have been pondering, thinking about, maybe, not so sure, maybe having another child. And the cost of sperm storage is outrageous. It's just ridiculous how the cost is. Uh, I mean, at least here in the Southern California area. I mean, I'm grateful that it's there, but damn. <laughs> it's, uh, let me just say that with the, uh, the money it takes to store a decent amount to guarantee procreation, you could buy a pretty good new car. Yes, I say new car. Like a 2015, maybe even a 2014, because we're in the middle of the year right now. But you get my point. It's expensive and ridiculous. So instead of wasting, I don't want to say wasting, but instead of pouring money into that, let my system clear of, uh, of uh, nicotine and let us ponder if we're going to procreate again. So those are the two big things really, uh, 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 I don't want to say stopping me and they're not holding me back, but those are the two reasons why I haven't started HRT yet. So <laughs> in a sense, I have inflicted my own set of Benjamin standards on myself. And I did it without really thinking about it. Uh, longtime listeners know I came out uh, publicly April 2nd, 2014. So April 2nd, 2015 was one year mark. So, so technically by Benjamin standards, I'm free and eligible to start HRT. <laughs> but by my own, I'm not. So I find it very interesting that I did inflict my own, you know, set of standards without really thinking about it. Uh, part of it is, yeah, I think HRT would probably have made things a little easier to fit into life, but now that I'm at this point, which is, you know, closer to the year and a half mark, uh, it's, I, uh, I don't, I, I don't, I don't care so much that I, that I, that I'm waiting. I mean, the reasons I'm waiting are legit and they're from the heart or from health. <laughs> so, so, you know, I mean, it's been challenging. Don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong. It's been very challenging, but not that horrible. I'm still here, still doing things. I'm, 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 I'm loving my life. I'm loving being out and about in the world. And I'm still just me. So for me, you know, I can say this for myself. I'm sure there are others that'll say no way. I had really no problems, really no problems. I mean, yes, once in a while, you know, a little bit of, uh, of, Oh God, I want to start HRT. I can't wait to start HRT. You know, a few of those things happened this last year, but most of the time, no, I go out, people interact with me as just any other woman. Uh, and you hear my voice folks, you hear my voice. There's pictures of me on the Facebook page. That's me. That's it. Right? So, I can't share anything more except, you know, maybe a video, but this is a podcast, so we're not going to get video just yet. And I feel fine. I feel great because of it. So I'm glad that I, I have, you know, put my own Benjamin standards on because it made me realize, well, it made me realize that, the, you know, the path that I want is true. Is, you know, where I want to say that, throw that out there. Uh, because it's also been easier for me to realize without any influences like HRT, uh, that balance I keep preaching about, you know, without any sort of influence, 
I'm still finding that balance. And that's what's awesome. So the question really comes down to now, are the Benjamin standards better than what we have now? which is a very loose and free thing. We have uh, informed consent. So anybody that feels that they want to take uh, female hormones can go to the doctor, uh, get their blood tested to make sure that, you know, it's going to work for them and what dosage and things like that and find out their levels and then start. And all they have to do is sign a form saying, yes, I know this is what's going to happen to my body. Or go the route of a therapist, get the recommendation, go to their doctor, get the uh, review. referral to the uh, endocrinologist and then start HRT. Really, at this point, you just need your therapist after a fair amount of time, usually a couple months, six months maybe, depending on how your personal therapy goes and your personal life goes. If HRT is your goal and your ducks are lined up, you could start HRT even before you come out publicly, which makes coming out publicly all the better. Jenner did that. Caitlyn Jenner did that. She was on HRT. I don't remember how long uh, I read. Somewhere somewhere in that two to five years, if I remember correctly. And, and I also remember that she dabbled, quote unquote, in it earlier in life. But for this stint now, I'm pretty sure it's in that two to five year range. So, so before she even came out, she was on HRT. And in that year with no HRT... I have a feeling that people actually uh, sadly may have taken their own lives because they couldn't face society. They couldn't face whatever their demons were at that moment in time without the alleviation. The alleviation? I don't know if that's a word. Without the benefit of HRT to feel better about themselves. So I think that's one of the reasons the uh, standards changed. But another reason is it went from disease to dysphoria, which means gender identity or disorder, not disease. It went from disorder to dysphoria. GID, gender identity, it is dysphoria, used to be disorder. And the word disorder made it a mental case made it major record reflect that you technically have a mental disorder if you're trans. And that was the biggest fight that happened to clear when they changed the standards of care because it's no longer a disorder. It is dysphoria. And wow, what a burden was lifted because even in myself, when I, when I heard that, read that I went, Oh, It's not a disorder. We're not crazy. We just have a different way of dealing with our bodies and society. So, you know, should there be a Benjamin Standards? Well, what about the people that rush in to do it so fast, thinking that this is going to be the way for them, only to find out past that two-year mark of HRT that this really isn't for them? And I say that two-year mark because that's when the changes really start to happen any sort of extra development, any sort of atrophy for your uh, crotch area. Um, Those things, those are not, those are irreversible. Not totally 100% irreversible if you stop right away in that second year, but nothing's going to return back to normal. That's the point. So, so yeah, I think there should be some sort of stopgap to to verify that the person wants to do what they need to do 
Should it be a year long of living in your preferred gender with no benefits of HRT? No, that's too strict. That's too strict. Should they have to have living full-time before HRT? I'm kind of on the fence of that one, only from my own experience. But I know some people that don't even have the courage to go outside the door until after they've started HRT. So here you got somebody trapped in their world, not being able to go out, not being able to live their life until they live their life for a year. That's a little extreme, I think. Uh, So for me, I think there needs to be something, whether it's six months or, you know, like three different doctors. And I mean, like therapist doctors giving you the sign off on it and only through conversation, you know, not not having to live full time. This is just starting HRT because uh, just some stories I've read. There are there seems to be some people that I don't want to say regret, but realize they rushed a little too fast. So, yeah, I think there should be something, but I don't think it needs to be what it was. And I do think there should be a starting level of HRT. Um, You know, here's a low-dose HRT and live on this for X amount of time, six months, a year, whatever it is. Whether you're dressing, you know, whether you're presenting in the way that you are, your preferred gender, or not, or occasionally you're still on the benefits of HRT. It's just a lower dose. So instead of the two to five years, it may take, you know, three to eight years, depending. But within that first year of that low-dose HRT or those first two years of that low-dose HRT, you're going to get the benefits of it as far as the mental release and the mental understanding and the calmness and all that stuff that, I, that I've read about and that's out there and what, what some of the listeners have told me. But if you choose to say, wait, this may not be for me, it's still reversible, or there's more chance of things being reversible than going full dose HRT. So that's what I think should happen. A little bit of a of a a little more of a check in to make sure that the person wants to do this, and probably a low dose. Let's start you off on that to begin with, sort of phase. That's my that's my opinion. Um, I don't think they should not be given HRT if they want it, and that's because of all the angst that I've read and and just proof that you know from just suicide numbers so yeah all right listener feedback listener feedback All right, this first listener feedback comes from iTunes. Thank you so much for rating and reviewing us on iTunes. Now, I know I'm a little late, and that's just because of the production schedule. This came in on July 12th, 2015, and the username is Joe10! With a five-star rating. Thank you so much. And the title of it is Love It! The body of it reads, Thank you for your heartfelt conversations. Your inspirational thoughts have helped bolster my opinions of my true self. Listening to you makes me feel like I have a friend who understands what I've been going through since I was a kid in the early 80s. Well, Joe 10 exclamation point, you are correct. Because I was born in 72. And so my teenage youth was the 80s. My junior high and high school, early high school, I graduated in 91 was all in the 80s. 
So yeah, I remember it. I remember a little bit of the 70s too, but the 80s, that's that's my decade. I feel that that's my decade. I would love to find a uh, you know, cafe 80s to see how well they replicate my childhood. But Joe, thank you. Those words are Those words make my day, make my night, make me just beam with with energy and love and 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 wonder because Yes, I, I'm doing this podcast for me to get it out of my system, to share it with the world, and hopefully somebody will find it and help them find themselves. So, yes, of course, I love that, 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 that you've written that, that. That makes the show so worthwhile, and you're not the first one. If you listened, I think it was last episode or the episode before, I shared a very similar listener feedback. Wow. What I'm wowing about is, yes, that was part of my goal, but... I didn't expect it to happen within the first year. So to everybody out there, thank you. Thank you for listening. Thank you for writing in. And and that's something else. For the three, four, five people that have written in saying, you know, basically, thank you so much for doing your show. You've helped me come out, whether it's to themselves or publicly or whatever. What about the people that haven't written? What about the people that are scared? What about the people that can't write because they, they just don't want that in their email? chain you know they secretly listen they they however they do it they secretly listen so it doesn't show any format that they've listened to this show because they're so far in the closet there's got to be people like that because that's nature if there's the three four five people that have written me saying thank you i know there's got to be three four five people out there that can't say anything and that's who i'm making the show for because that's how i felt back in the 80s so, Joe, I know what, you're, what you went through. I know what I went through. And thank you for sharing that. And, and giving a five-star rating. That's, that's awesome on iTunes. Thank you. That is so much. All right, next listener feedback. Uh, this listener feedback goes out to some dear longtime friends of mine, uh, Roro and Dan. That's all I'm going to say. You know who you are. Uh, they're longtime friends, family. They're longtime family is what it is. I've known them for 20-something years now. Um, their kids are wonderful. We, ch- we chat in Facebook and text and in and, and all those ways of communicating. And I think, I, I, I don't remember if they follow me on Pinterest or not, but I know they follow me on Twitter. And so we're, we're socializing. Uh, so, so what I have to say to you is thank you both for everything you've done for me my family my my kid throughout our friendship life it's been incredible and i want to publicly say that to both of you because we've had some wonderful times and down times in both of our lives and the crazy thing is is we both have supported each other or all three of us have supported have supported you know the three of us you know dependently independently together and all that throughout those years and uh, it's awesome. I mean, these people have seen me grow from, from you know, a college student all the way till now. And it's, uh, it's awesome. So thank you for all the years of your fabulous friendship. All right. This next listener feedback goes out to longtime friend and fan of mine, Becky B. I've mentioned her before. Some of you may know her. Some of you may even friend her on Facebook. I've seen that. 
I have to say, she is, and I've said this before, I know, but she's an incredible person. She's one of the few people I've known on the internet, not in life, just the internet. And she is so understanding and so giving and so patient and so supportive of a person who doesn't have a large voice. Children, trans people, certain LGBT people who can't speak up, animals, um, individuals with special needs, all those sorts of things. Back in the day, she's the type of person that would help an old lady across the street and go do her grocery shopping and bring it back for her and make her dinner and tuck her into bed and then go home and take care of her own family. That's the type of woman Becky is. And she's had her own struggles, both emotionally and uh, physically. And she's so incredible. So uh, going out to Becky, thank you so very much. I want you to know, Becky, that you are loved by the Miller family and and many others <laughs> on your, your, face, your Facebook timeline. You can, you can see the support, and I hope you do. So thank you for everything you've done for me, for the show. I, I want, publicly, I'm saying I greatly appreciate it. Holy cow, are we down? We, oh, wow, this, this ran a long time. Uh, wow, okay. Well, next episode, next episode I'm going to call it Don't Bring Me Down. And I'm going to let you figure that out. I, I am going to say it's not about depression. Well, not specifically directly about depression. I'm not depressed, <laughs> okay? But um, you'll figure it out when we get there. Now, I'm always looking for topics and guests and things to be on the show. Send them my way. Changes in Latitudes Podcast at blogspot.com is the website. Changes in Latitudes Podcast at gmail.com is the email. You can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, all those wonderful places. Find us there. And now, as Jimmy Buffett says, if I couldn't laugh, I just would go insane. If we couldn't laugh, we just would go insane. If we weren't all crazy, we would go insane. Stay crazy, everybody. I'll catch you next week. Changes in Latitudes, a transgender experience. I'd love to hear from you, so let me know what you think or what you'd like to hear about by emailing me at changesinlatitudespodcast at gmail.com or by leaving a comment on the Facebook page at facebook.com slash changesinlatitudespodcast or at the website changesinlatitudespodcast.blogspot.com. 
Don't forget to subscribe in Stitcher, iTunes, or your favorite podcatcher, and please leave us reviews and star ratings. Now, wait for it. Here it comes. Disclaimer time. Disclaimer time. Disclaimer time. Disclaimer time. Disclaimer time. I am not a doctor nor a lawyer, and I certainly do not pretend to be one. I am a trans woman who began her transition later in life. I am here to discuss my life, so I take no responsibility for your decisions based on my personal thoughts and experiences. If you are thinking about transition or are questioning your gender identity, first, please know that you are not alone in your thoughts and questions. Second, please seek the advice of a qualified gender therapist or at the very least a local support group. If you're having difficulty finding a qualified professional in your area, I suggest reaching out to the closest LGBT center near you. And lastly, please remember, always question the source when researching information on the internet. All contents are distributed under a Creative Commons no derivative license and may be shared freely in their entirety. Any alteration or less than complete reproduction requires permission from the host. Copyright 2015 by me, Sabrina Miller. Thanks for listening. You ever notice how some people just listen to a show for the outtakes? And the person that does it all, that is moi. Hello. Welcome, welcome. If this is your first episode, welcome back. <laughs> no. I wanted to bring this up because it a very... Pump the mic. Those words make my day. Make my night. Make me feel that I have... That make me... Nah, blah, blah. Hey, that. Thank you for listening, and always remember this.